You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen free on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. It's not old school, it's a fact. You can knock out a run game as a defense and make a team one-dimensional because they want to throw it all over the yard anyway. But we can't give them both. Okay? In the 86 ways, short yardage, you can see how tough your team is, look at your short yardage stats. Okay? You, you show them how to knock them back in short yardage, you knock them back down the goal line. That shows you how tough your A team draft is. review, and then we also did a, a season recap review. Um, and what you heard in the opening was Wink Martindale. And, and, and Wink is talking about stopping the run, something that we have not really done very well in the last uh, couple of years or so. And he's talking about the cornerstones of defense. And, and guys, I'm fired up to see what this new staff gives us. I, I was that way with Judge, but I feel a little bit differently here with, with, with Dable and group. What, what are you guys' thoughts? By the way, wait, 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 before I do that, let me, let me introduce, we, 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 you know, so, so this is Scott, but we got our, we got our second Cardone with us. I almost forget because he's almost like a regular Greg Cardone is with us again as a guest. So, uh, I I, I was a terrible host there on season (laughs) three. I I, I think people already know the shit that's going on. Scott, it's preseason four, baby. We gotta, we gotta, you know, work hard, you know, get, you know, work hard, you know, be a good teammate, all that good stuff. So, uh. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm hoping you guys are having a great summer. I'm fired up to be on the show. I thank you guys for having me on, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, spending some time with you guys and talking about Big Blue and their chances this year. Awesome. Three angry three angry Giant fans weren't enough. We had to add another guy <laughs> to start the season off. We're not even at preseason game number one yet, and like, just three angry dudes, not enough. We got to add a fourth guy. So happy to have you, Greg. Bring some anger. Thanks, brother. Bring it. You guys are excited. You guys as excited as I am though about the new regime, or or is this just is this just that commercial you see before the season starts, where everyone's zero and zero, and everything's right, you know, hair bears and 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 rainbows and everything else, or what? I I kind of think the difference though between like this year and, and the judge first year, where like you said, we were excited, man. I I was I was fired up. He was saying all the right things. The difference I think here is he, even though Dable's a first time coach, you know, he's been he's been coaching a successful offense. We all know what week Martindale's done. It's like this, this, the difference I think is this staff brings something with it other than hope. There's some, there's some gravitas behind this staff. They've done things. Gravitas. I love yes. that. Yeah. Impressive. He yeah, did I, his well, homework. We, season three, boys. I bring it. Got <laughs> this is score. usually when, yeah, this is always when, you know, shows hit their stride, right? I mean, Seinfeld really took off in season three, the office. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is it. This is when the characters become established. Now we have regular guest stars like Greg coming in, like each, uh, you know, popping him in every other week now. So I'm like like Babu. (laughs) I I was going to go with Putty, but yeah. Yeah, I love Putty. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Or Newman. When he starts painting his face like a devil and starts speaking in satanic tongues, then we'll know he's Putty. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that, that may happen. Yeah, uh, preseason game one. Yeah, I, I don't know, Chris. You want to? Add, I, I listen. Kind of going off what Mike said. You know, we were so desperate when Judge came aboard, and and we didn't realize that the fraudulency that he uh, was bringing. Um, everything he did was just you know uh, smoke and mirrors. And you know, I'm tempering my enthusiasm and optimism. Um, obviously, 
Uh, Joe Shane has put together a pretty good roster. We think we'll go over it. I'm sure Scott, um, you know, Dable, you know, it's funny. I think, you know, <laughs> you think about all the guys coming to the camp and all you hear is like, Oh, this guy's explosive. This guy uh, came at the sh- came at the ca- came at the camp in great shape. Not me, Scott. I think I put on a bunch of pounds. I have no idea what's going on with the Giants. You guys are going to help me through it today. And uh, but I'm I'm excited. I mean, listen, you got you got uh, Wink Martindale to run the D. I mean, I love the fact all we did was beg for blitzes. Now we're probably going to get burned by the blitz. And then you have uh, you know Dable was a great OC, and he looks like a pretty good head coach. I think he's more normal than than Judge and. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm excited about the team right now, and I'm sure we can poke holes in it as we go along today. That's for sure. Yeah. So before we get into the meat of it, let's let's do some uh, house cleaning. So uh, we have ten downloads from Frankfurt, Germany, on our last podcast, which was the draft recap. So uh, feeling donk to those in, in Deutschland. Frankfurt, you're bringing it with a lot of fervor, but but I do want to give a special hello out. So, hello, Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. Right on. So, uh, we're, now we're going to talk about this a bit. Nashville, Tennessee had six downloads of the last episode. So, is this that we just have converted a bunch of people in Tennessee to be Giant fans, or are these the Titan fans scouting us out for week one? Yes. It's got to be Tannenhill and the boys that are scared to death. <laughs> They're trying to get any kind of insider trading information on Big Blue through the three Angry Giant fans because they know that we are so educated and skilled and talented at knowing our team that where else are they going to turn to? All so it's contacts, not, yeah, it's it's <laughs> all of our contacts and, and internal. No, you know, uh, they're they're they come they've come to the right place. <laughs> so anybody, I, I, I noticed we lost those three guys from East Rutherford, Scott, right from last year. Yeah, I did not see a download from East Rutherford. No. So yeah, I think I think whoever was in place in the building has departed. So so Judge Garrett and uh, I don't Gettleman. know Gettleman Gettleman or Gettleman uh, might have been the third Gettleman. Who was our DC? I forget his name already. I already you know he's already been written off. Who was our DC? I don't even remember Graham. Oh, that guy as None, forgettable yeah. as you could. Yeah, as yeah. Awful. So, so I I almost think as a. As a gift to our friends in Nashville, we should have the Cardone brothers speaking a Southern twang for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Let's see. I don't even know what's possible. That's how possible. y'all doing down there in Nashville. This is Greggy <laughs> up here. It's almost as good as me doing an uh, Asian accent. <laughs> Nothing's better than that. <laughs> that had to sound awful. I have no idea what that sounded like. Chris isn't even going to attempt it. He, he, knows no. it. he knows it's bad. No, I've been living in Charlotte a long time. And and most often I get, you're not from here, are you? I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> no. You're not from here. <laughs> so I, I do appreciate all the support we're getting from both uh, Germany, from Nashville, from everywhere around. You know, we've had, uh, since we started, over 5,000 downloads. The support has been incredible. And we're going to continue the the train rolling in season three. So, like I said before, I'm really excited about the season. I I, I don't know if it's because we're starting to see things fresh. We're starting everything new. But um, could this be smoke and mirrors? Possibly. But I just think it, it it feels different. You know, we're seeing we're seeing highlights of Kadarius Tony on day one rather than three months in. We're seeing Wandale Robinson getting getting you know great reviews. Quint Stills. So David Stills the fifth. He's uh he's catching actually the yeah, they're the fifth or fourth. Fourth? 
Five. No, he's a fifth. He's a fifth. It's a fifth. That would be quad if he was the fourth. Yeah, he's. I got it. I got it right here on my depth chart. Fourth string. The fifth. The fifth. Fourth string. So again, I thought that means he's vaccinated, but I don't know. So we got one guy. So like, we still only have one guy that's been vaxxed. I guess. Yeah. Now we'll get political on three angry giant fans if you want to. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, so, God. so I think, you know, I think that, uh, that I have a level of excitement that I haven't seen lately. I, I, I know early camp reports have been that Daniel Jones has been up and down, but the last two practices, he's gone like 12 for 14 and, and nine for 10 and in, in long distance situations, like third and long. Um, and, and again, it's tough to take things out of, out of context from, from camp. And I really don't like projecting what's going to happen until the bullets start frying and we're going to we're going to see the bullets start flying on uh, next week against new england um by the way guys tomorrow night football starts yeah da, da, wow. da, da. first preseason game tomorrow night you know scott this is we this has been this is a weird off season even more than than last year and and i was one of the most vocal guys blow this whole thing up right and you know get rid of the gm get a new coach, get new coordinators. And we've done all that. So that's, that's the exciting part, at least that there's new fresh blood. So at least we got a new start going into, into this season. So that part's exciting. And I, I was, I think I was mentioning this to Greg earlier today. I, I, I catch myself where I'm sort of like on both ends of the spectrum in terms of like the expectations for this year, where part of me is like, I had this conversation with it, with a guy, guy, you know, coworker this week, you know, and, and it was, it sort of went like this where, Oh, what do you think? Uh, you know, the giants this year. And like, well, uh, you know, like, uh, 500 would be a big improvement. You know, that's, that'd be like doubling their win total. So I, I get, I'm convinced it's, it's sort of like the society we're living in right now where like inflation has completely tricked and mind fucked us to believe that like, Oh, well, $4, you know, we're three ninety nine for gas. That's not so bad. Like, you know, eight and nine season, that's a big improvement. And then I, I catch myself and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, Fuck this! You know, like the Giants, <laughs> there's a lot of teams in the NFL that go from worst to first with a lot of recent history. Teams like the 49ers, teams like the Rams, teams like the Cincinnati Bengals last year. Why can't that be the New York Giants this year? Yeah, I, why I can't agree. the New York Giants go from worst to first? Why? Why do I have to settle for to be complacent and actually giddy <laughs> about like an eight and nine season? Remember, uh, fans, it's it's 17 games. I, I, you know, it's great. I already saw one prediction. I saw teams going like they like oh so and so predicts the Patriots to be nine and seven. I'm like you assholes are 17 games. How are they going to go nine and seven? What are we going to have a strike Four season fit. like in '87 where they miss a game? <laughs> yes, I, I already I, I still see that mistake, but I digress there a little bit. But that's kind of so it's weird, Scott. That, like and guys, I mean, you know, my head is sort of well, even if they doubled their win total, that's a, that's a huge improvement, right? That's a hundred percent improvement. But at the same time, we want I, I you know, this team should be. Why, why can't we make the jump to a playoff team or, you know, it's just competing. I looked at, and, and you know, we, we focus so much on the giants, obviously we could talk about it even tonight. When you look at the NFC, all the, like the powerhouses are in the AFC. Are they not guys? I mean, you know, like yeah. there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. When you look around the NFC, who is so dominant? Now I know the, you know, the Rams won the Super Bowl, fine. But other than like, you know, the who's that dominant in the NFC that the Giants can't at least compete for a wild card in the mix there? Really, when you go when you break it down, guys, by division, they should be. If I just say two words, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> until proven, no, right. until proven otherwise. Um, yeah, listen, uh, 
we still have some of the same guys coming back. And we don't know if they had a bad season because of play calling, motivation. Maybe they want to play for the coach. Uh, we, you just don't know. You know, O-line, you know, the old O-line situation. But you just don't know. I mean, if you, if you look, you know, on paper again and in what you hear coming out of camp, and I don't know what camp says, you know, they're running on air or they're running, you know, patterns like, oh, you know, uh, Amari Cooper is, is, is sucking ass uh, right now for the, you know, Browns, right? For the, like, they're not going to do that with the Giants. You know, the Galladay's doing this. Barkley's explosive. Listen, I think we have a, a, a great opportunity. The NFC East is weak again. There's not one superior team there. We should be able to compete against them. The schedule, again, on paper is as weak as it gets. I think we're probably in the bottom four of uh, strength of schedule. You got that going there. Uh, we added a big-time DN rusher. That was one of the things we needed to do. We added a big-time tackle on the other side. Listen, we, we should be improved. And I don't know what that expectation is. I don't know if that, like you said, Chris, is it to get to first place or is it to get to seven wins, eight wins? I don't know. And so we'll, we'll discuss, but yeah, I mean, listen, you can't help but be excited. I mean, you can't, I mean, and, and they may be, you know, drawing me in, drawing me in, you know, just <laughs> fooling me like I always get, but I'm getting more angry, more negative as I get older. I mean, you know, case in point, like the Yankees, I think they're going to, you know, choke the division away as a, as a Yankee fan. Same thing here. I'm excited. Stay away from the injuries. Let's get going. Let's have a good game down in Tennessee week one, and let's see what happens, you know? You're, now, you're our resident season ticket holder, sir. Is your ass going to be in the seat? What's Scott, you're not even going to believe this. Boys, Mike, Chris, yeah. you know what August 5th is, Friday night? Mm, oh, I did. What do you got? That's just, Fan yeah. Fest. Fan Fest! Oh! Fan Scott, you up? Free medium oh. soda. I... I <laughs> Somehow, some way, I am driving up the parkway, driving up the turnpike, and I'm putting my ass into East Rutherford on Friday night in the summer with my son and a couple of his friends. And for some reason, I'm going up there to, I guess, get excited, torture myself. I have no idea. I'm there. Fast. I think I'm going for the fireworks. I missed fireworks on July 4th. I had COVID. I want to go see. Uh, I want to go see some uh, fireworks. Yeah, I'll be there. So to answer your question, yes, I'm going. I got Carolina week one. Let me see my schedule here. I'll be in the seats. I'll be ready to go. I'll be drunk as a skunk week one, but I will be in those seats. <laughs> Thoughts, Giant Mike? Yeah, I think what Chris described, we've talked about before. That's, um, you know, it doesn't work that way anymore, really, the, where the – you know, you go back to the 80s, you could watch the Giants year to year get better. You could, you know, it would it was like they suck – they're 500. They make the playoff. They win some playoff games. Super Bowl. You know, that was a progression that happened. And it doesn't happen anymore with anybody. I mean, you know, in hindsight, when the season's over, I think if we're looking back at seven, eight, nine wins, in hindsight, we could go, okay, that was a little bit disappointing, but we got better. Yep. Right Right now, I, I think, like, to, I'll just say exactly what Cardone said. Why not us? Everyone else, or not everyone, but a lot of other people have done it. You look up and down our roster, there's talent everywhere. Uh, you know, some of the, the position groupings aren't as strong as others, but that's that's the NFL. Uh, you you got to scheme around some things. Uh, barely anybody anymore is strong top to bottom. I don't, I don't know why it can't be us. Great job. I'm going yeah. to throw something out there. So two years ago when Washington won the division under 500, Ugh. people were like, yeah, they're under 500. You know, that's no big deal. Next year, they're not going to be great. Last year, the Philadelphia Eagles made the playoffs. 
And they beat exactly one, or maybe they didn't beat anyone with a winning record. I can't remember what it was. It was either one or zero teams. And everyone this year is like, hey, I think the Eagles are going to win it all. And there are a bunch of people on the Eagles bandwagon. And then I look at Dallas, and at this point in time on the active roster, because keep in mind that Michael Gallup is still injured, they have exactly one receiver on that active roster who has a a touchdown in a game, that's C.D. Lamb. Mm -hmm. Now, you're telling me, no one's really making a big deal about this, but you turn on any coverage of the Giants and everything's like, ah, oh, Saquon Barkley's done. Daniel Jones is a, you know, he's a stiff. Why, why do we not hear this about our, our, our division opponents? Why is no one saying Carson Wentz choked against the Jaguars to make it to the playoffs last year? Why, why are we not blowing this up into something big? Why are we not talking about Jerry Jones meddling in, in, in Dallas so that his team's had a, such a small window to compete and that window's closing quickly and it will be now 28 years before they've ever done shit, you know? And for the love of me, I don't know how Jalen Hurts gets so much credit for, for the Eagles. What, ha, what has he done? That He lost to the Giants last year. <laughs> Hurts. I, listen, I think it goes to the last five years of our, of our existence. And I think yeah. that's what they're, and it, you're, you're just, you know, programmed to think, you know, we suck. I mean, that's 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 the scary thing as uh, you know being a fan. We can sit here and go. We know what our roster looks like. We we know what we hear. We think we're getting better. You know the media uh, guys. You know how they do. They build up anybody they want. They they knock down anybody. So right now we're on we're on the bottom. And you know it's it's funny. You don't hear anyone saying like oh which team's going to surprise? Will it be the Giants? And it, it, we should be in the mix. We really should be. But I think they they. They just have Daniel Jones like so far down at you know at, uh, the depth chart as a as one of the top you know, quarterbacks, obviously, and he hasn't proven himself. And I think there's just a lot of question marks, right? There just are. I mean, um, you know, how's the old line going to hand uh, stand up? And as Mike said, you know, what about our secondary? You know, we took an injury there with uh, Dane Belton. They said he was playing well. Um, you know, who's our starters there? Linebackers. Blake Martinez is going to be back. So there's, there's a lot of questions, but I think if everything falls into play, and that's what has to happen with, with the uh, NFL teams, we certainly can compete, especially with the schedule. So I, I think there's a lot of good things to be, uh, to look forward to. The good point about Belton Belton did break his collarbone. Um, now he's not going to have surgery, which means a return by the start of the season is possible. I don't know how probable that is, but, uh, it's better than being mid season, which they said would have happened had he had the surgery. Does Chris um, know who Dane Belton is? You think? <laughs> I think the Chris guy knows. In the podcast right here. I, th- I broke the news to you. What are you talking about? I was pissed off that our fourth round 150 something pick broke a collarbone. That's how pissed off I was. Like, I don't want to lose anybody. I, right. I don't care who it is. He Full only squad. wants to see the Dick Aaron Rodgers or Tony Romo breaking oh. collarbones. Oh man. I didn't want to bring him up. When he, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring him up when, he, when he's bringing up NFC teams, like who, who to worry about. I'm like, Ooh, do we go to Rodgers in this pod right now? I mean, oh. look at the guy. I Did you see him make his Con Air entrance into the training camp where he looked just like uh, Nicolas Cage? No. I, you know what I did see, though? There was some celebrity pro-am golf thing where he's wearing, got a fucking man bun out on a golf course. Like, as if the man bun's not bad enough. He's he's where, he's he's parading this thing around on a golf course. I, I You know, I, this guy. He's a, just, of, he's a hell of a golfer. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Ugh. That might be. But, you know, let's go back. I was going to play devil's advocate for a second here. And, you know, I could speak. For, I think I could speak for all of us where, you know, we're, we're such giant, you know, we, we just our fandom just runs deep, guys. Right. We know that. And so, like, we're always, you know, and these guys have seen me at 
a cock. I, I, I don't know why I'm coming up with cocktail party. Those those disappeared like in the 70s. But like these guys have seen me in those social gatherings where like you say a bad word about Eli Manning or this and that, and I will just rip your head off. Right. We're like, yeah. you know, so I just go crazy in that regard. So this is such an oxymoron right now with the Giants, this, this team, because to your point, Greg, I, I'm the same thing. It's like no one's talking about the Giants. No one's, you know, everyone says that they could be a possible surprise team. You hear about everyone else. But, guys, they don't deserve to be in that conversation. Yeah. Think about this. Let me throw this out there. And we know the answer. Imagine if the Cowboys – I'll throw the Redskins in there too. Imagine if the Cowboys, Redskins, or Eagles had the record that we had over the last five years. The worst in the league, by the way, which they that's to, – to Denny Green. We are who we thought they were. Can you imagine if someone tried to trot out that the Eagles were going to make, make uh, some noise this year and they were fucking 21 and 61? Can you imagine the four of us like like jumping down the, the, someone's neck trying to – that's what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah. to trot out that the Giants are in the, like, in the league. We always make the joke about the '70s. They weren't even, and they weren't in the NFL. That's the modern like era that we're living. The Giants are not in the league. Watch so, ESPN. Like, there's nothing going on. There's not. And this is the word. I said this again just to somebody else, a, a, you know, a friend or saying, you know, talk about there. I said the Giants. I go, this is the worst brand of football now in my lifetime. <laughs> We've said this many times on on our pod here. It still is, guys. We have to see. Like we'll know week. We'll know. Week one, week two, we. I'm already looking at the. Let's. Well, maybe we'll break down the schedule. I think we already did that in the spring, but you know, at Tennessee, let's be honest. That's probably a. Let's let's assume they lose that. <laughs> Here he goes. But like, let's assume they lose at Tennessee, right? Stop the run. We're going to stop Derrick Henry. Sure, the guy. He's going to be oh, you know oh, just of trucking us. So that game against Carolina, week two. My God, the pressure already. We lose at home to Carolina. Oh God, then you yeah. got freaking Dallas coming in like a week We're, three. We're already like suicidal by <laughs> September's not even over. That's what I'm are, worried about. If we are, we can break two. down. We can we can break down training camp. We can break down everything we want. I'm already like where I am terrified <laughs> of losing to Carolina if we're zero and one. That's You're where right. I am. So if true. We are, if we are zero and two with the home loss to Carolina, uh, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Baker. Right? Two-headed monster, Baker and, and and Sam Darnold. Oh my God. You're going to have calls for Tyrod Taylor in the ha- in the halftime oh of game God. two. Let's talk about that though. Carolina, right? You guys are down there. Obviously, New York, you know, based and New Jersey based. You guys are all down there. What the hell would that be like? I mean, would you guys be just running to buzz sauces down there? Like, what what happens if you ever lose to Carolina? Because they uh, suck too, right? Uh, we, we've we've lost. Uh, yeah, the Ugh. five fans that are down here that might get on me. I, well, there I you can go. ignore. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. the two teams we play to start the season have fan bases that are about the uh, most milk toast in the NFL. <laughs> milk toast. Milk oh, toast, Robbie Toss. We toast. are, we are. This is a season three form. I mean, <laughs> this is hilarious. I mean, Chris, you, I mean, my God, week. He's like, break down training camp. I'm like, week, <laughs> week one, 24 6 at halftime. Like, Fucking blow it up <laughs> at Tennessee. Can't Every year we wait for the schedule to come out. You know, maybe you got the Lions at home or the Texans. They're on the schedule. They could have been week one coming into the you know Met no. death, but nope. Let's no. throw them at Tennessee. I guess at we get Tennessee. it out of the way. But like, <laughs> yeah. What was it? What I know. We I think I can't believe I don't have this in my my. I mean, we still have a couple weeks to do this before the season starts, so I have plenty of time. But like, when was the last time we started? Who? What was our last opening day win? Oh. 
Oh, Jesus. How many times it, have we been 1-0 in the last 10 years? It might have been in Dallas against well, Dallas. Well, we, how many years we, ago, Scott? I mean, think we've about learned, that. 1-0. We learned last year that the Giants have not had a 500 or better record in, oh. in like something like 46 NFL weeks or something. So yeah. they yeah. can't oh. have been 1-0. Because no, we yeah. yeah, yeah, no, guys. All we have to do is go back and listen to the first episode of last season when we started talking about the Broncos game, and I think the three of us said, if we lose to the Broncos, we are a bad team here, and you know, and and we sort of underestimated the Broncos at that point, but yeah. but we got our asses kicked. We weren't even competitive. No. So if we go to Tennessee and we lose thirty to six. I think that's a bad sign right there. If yeah. we come back and then lose to, to Carolina, whether it's by a point or two or 20, it doesn't really matter. That That is a terrible sign. Because I'll tell you right now, Carolina is a terrible football team, just like we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they don't know who their quarterback's going to be and whether it's Baker or May, or Baker or, or Darnold. Darnold. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Listen, I'm looking at the schedule. I got it, like you said, Tennessee, Carolina, Dallas on a Monday night. Chicago at home. So you got three straight home games. I mean, listen, you want to beat Dallas or division game, but I mean, we would all sign up for two and two. I mean, my God, please, for the love of God, two and two. And I don't care if it's against Carolina or Chicago. It could be, it's just crazy. And then Green Bay, Baltimore. Oh my God. But then it softens up a lot, right? Those next four games yeah. or so. I mean, you're not going to go through each and every one of these games, but it like, I mean, listen, you, you we, as critical as anything, it is injuries and then getting off to some type of a – I mean, let's go – screw two and two. Let's be one and one. It is it, – it, this is desperation. And Chris is right. If we are 0-2, we are jumping off freaking bridges. I mean, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. So I, I know we're, we're freaking out about what the start will be. Let, let's, <laughs> bottom, let's bottom line this. So I'll, I'll start with Chris. Do we have – do you believe we have a chance to make the playoffs? Ah. Oh. That, this says, is, <laughs> that says it all right there. <laughs> I know. I can't even believe I'm, I'm like that. Like this is my, the cogs and the wheels of my brain are going. I mean, as desperately as I want to say yes, it's so hard to say yes. I just was saying this, this is again, the, 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 so how the spectrum, I am so far guys. It's so wide right now in terms of like, I, you know, like why not us and fuck it. They can be you on know, the NFC's week. I was just saying that 10 minutes ago. And now I'm like, <laughs> it's sort of like, I'm giving you the Mike Damone, like, heesh, I'm really, I don't know, Scott, I'm really kind of, you know, down on the Giants. You're like, I'm really kind of busy here to think, yeah. It's, it's crazy. D-Rat. D-Rat. Do they have a chance? Oh, God. I mean, I'll, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> Wait, you, all right, that's on tape, Chris. I see it at the 30-minute mark. You're screwed. Because, you know what? If it's, you know, because in order to stay angry, like, to, like real angry, right? Like I want to be, because that's a, that's sort of like I just I, I I relish in this now. This whole you know three angry giant fans. You want to have expectations, and you want to go into the season thinking, because then when it doesn't happen and you lose, then it's more angry when you do expect to win and you lose. When you know you suck, there's no reason to be angry. It's like you just take it on the chin. You go get your your beating, and you just you know whatever. You just you wallow at at Mulligans with uh you know whatever beer special they have going, right? <laughs> a little plug for Mulligans there. Yes, and um. <laughs> 
but so I, the expectations obviously are there. Listen, it's August. We, we've said this the last, this is our third season, guys. We've seen this now for, for years where like, yeah, every offseason you think, well, shit, they got a chance just like anybody else in the league, right? I mean, are they Super Bowl contenders? No, obviously not. But the question was, do they have a chance to make the playoffs? I'm going to say yes. August 3rd, <laughs> I'm going to say yes, they do. I'm holding him to that. Oh, my. <laughs> well, right, I'll well, be... I'll just let's, be ferociously angry when they're, uh, you know, two and five let, by the end of the, October. Let's hear the brotherly response to that. I was going to turn it to Big Mike. I, I will follow up as well. So what was the question again? The, I want to hear the, the verbiage. Do we have a chance to make the playoffs in your opinion? That is, I, I'm stalling out here, too. That is such a wide-based uh, uh, situation um, or response, if you will. And I'm like, they can't see me, but I'm grabbing my temples here as well, because as much as I want to say yes, I got to say no <laughs> until I see otherwise. I mean, I, I am I am so down <laughs> on this franchise and I'm looking at this depth chart. And I go, OK, Daniel Jones. What is he? Saquon Barkley. I'm hearing he's explosive. You know, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay. I think he sucks. I like Wandale Robinson. I look at the old line. Guard. Feliciano, Glowinski, Neal. All right. I'm not going to go through all the defense as well, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I want to say no and then be pleasantly surprised when they surprise. And maybe that's where we are. I think most of the time the Giants have done well in their history. It seems like they're kind of like not looked upon, if you will. You know, you think about uh, when Parcells' group and then Fossil's group and then even Dan Reeves' group and uh, a lot of these teams. Again, we don't have – the. It, we shouldn't have uh, any expectations, right? And we should be down on them. And I am going to stay down on them, uh, Scott, until until further notice. That's where I'm at. I, I think we'll still be below 500. I think we'll see flashes. I think we're going to go, um, you know, hopefully better than we've been. And I think Daniel Jones, I mean, this is it. It's it's, it's this year a bust. And yeah. we'll know right away. So I'm going to say, no, I, I, don't even, I don't know if we'll even be in the mix. I really don't. I think we'll be hovering around 500, like, four and six, something like that. I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't see it, Scott. I just don't. Good. Mike. Huh. Yes, <laughs> I think we do. I, uh, I, I emphatically think we do. And, and I'll, I'll back that up a little bit with, with things I've said over the past couple seasons. I've said the last two years, I've, I've always qualified how good we could be by if the offensive line is this and the last two years, especially the answer to that question has been no, the offensive line has not been anywhere near what we needed it to be, to be competitive. I think this is going to be a pretty good offensive line. Uh, and that might not show up till the second half of the season uh, as they gel and try to you know, figure it out. If that's the case, then probably not. But it, I think if they're good out of the gate and they give Daniel Jones time and Saquon Barkley stays healthy and, uh, Kenny Galladay shows up and uh, defensively, you know, there's a lot of things, but a chance. Yes. I think a chance for a lot of the same reasons that Chris mentioned earlier, that the strength of schedule, the NFC, our division in particular, um, you know, if we can, if we can find a way to, you know, first half of the season gets a five, six, seven wins. I think we got a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada hazy little thing IPA right now, but oh, it might like as well those. be Kool-Aid because, <laughs> I was watching, you know, I, I'm one of those guys. I'm sitting there watching the NFL network as they're covering the different camps. And when they go to the Giants camp, I'm seeing for the first time 
pre-snap motion. I'm seeing guys running all around. I'm seeing Saquon catching balls out of the backfield. I'm seeing, you know, Wandell in the backfield. I'm seeing Kadarius Tony in the backfield flaring out. I'm seeing all sorts of creative looks. And and it's starting to come to me, and this might not be an epiphany. It might just be a, my my imagination saying, yes, but the coaching has been so pathetic the last couple of years that I'm looking at this offensive scheme saying, at least we're trying to get our players in the best position possible. And the things I've heard from Dable where he says, we're going to take plays out that aren't working in preseason. We're going to take things out that aren't working in camp and replace them with things that are working. We're going to practice the hell out of them. That to me sounds like a guy who knows what he's doing. Again, we got fooled by Judge in that in that capacity too. But then Wink Martindale brings a whole other thing to, aspect of that because you know we were so passive on defense, and we've heard from ex players talk about how they were so afraid to make mistakes in in, in the Judge regime that I just I, I'm excited, and I don't know if maybe it's an irrational excitement. Maybe it's just years of bad football that well I'll be, I'll I'll take having five flashy plays a game, even if we lose versus running two sneaks on second and eight and third and eight on our, on our own territory. You know what I mean? Well, and, and by the yeah. way, I, I, I let's let, let me, let me bring this up to you guys. Do you think those two sneaks back to back by judge are the equivalent of a modern day, let's say Herman Edwards, football fumble recovery for a touchdown. Do you think it's, it's similar to that and that it, it it led to seismic change. You can make the argument that it's even worse because it was, it was intentional. (laughs) I don't think Pizarro was intentionally fumbling that ball. (laughs) If you, you know, so you do two sneaks on your own five yard. Those were like intentional plays. That's the difference in that scenario. So talk about, that's just, Oh my god, there's no oh, there's no me PTSD. I am like suffering from those just thinking about those plays. That was yeah. wild. That was it, wild. You know what's funny about that? In that game, all you had to do is go for broke. The score at that at the time that we did that was three to nothing, Washington over us. It wasn't like we were getting slaughtered and just giving up. It was three to nothing just before half. And I almost think it was a, a way to torpedo us from ever scoring a first half. Point in the in the two minute drill last year. <laughs> what were we, Brian, does Brian Dable know these stats? <laughs> am, I, am I? I must be. Am I the only one in the world who, who given given our game situation, our record, our offensive line, and our quarterback, doesn't think that was the worst play, two worst play calls I've ever seen? I, I mean, honestly, we're good. If we try to pass, he's going to get sacked for a safety. Judge knows that. It was. It, it's. it's it's pathetic that your team has to do it, that it's even on the table. But I think given the circumstances, get the fuck out of there and punt. I, I mean, I, we had no well, chance. I, let, let me, let me go further on the, uh, the, the pathetic meter. I saw Aaron Rodgers make a comment that week. I don't remember what, what show it was on or whatever I saw, but Aaron Rodgers, and you know, my feelings for him, right? Well, well advertised here on the three year giant fans. I would have given him a high five and a hug because he was making fun of the Giants for those two plays. He was. To, like, remember that, Mike? Yeah. Right. Did, I he, can't really, remember what did he really make fun of those? He oh did. yeah, yeah. He did. Aaron Rodgers was like made a slap, a back, you know, backhanded, you know, slap hand, you know, uh, comment about the Giants, and I was thinking I would have high fived Aaron Rodgers if I was in the room with him. That's how bad that it that. Are, 
But are, that, are those what? two? I, I, you know, I agree with that. But are those two play calls worse than trying like a seven yard out to Evan Ingram in that situation? I think that's a worse possible play call we could have called in that situation. But Mike, what about a straight dive or something? I mean, I wouldn't do that. I coached uh, uh, Pop Warner. We wouldn't do that. It's insanity. At least do it out of the wildcat. Let my quarterback pick a hole. I mean, that no, was just yeah, yeah. I know. I I, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that point of it. But I I don't think two dives in the middle of the line right there are the worst thing that ever happened. I I you know I I just don't. That's so funny. And I think the guy should have been lifted, airlifted right off the sidelines and thrown out of well, that death. Well, he pretty much was. <laughs> I mean, that that kind of sealed the deal for him. I, you know, I, I do think before those two, before those two play calls, he had a chance to retain his job. I think that was the, that was it. Can you but, imagine like a, a big, like, you know, sh- a chopper, you know, float into the stadium, like Mara has it ready. Just like gets him on that, that stupid Parker that he wore when it was 90 degrees or 10 degrees and just lift him up for the park and just. I know. I'll go nuts. I know it's a different era, but I I can see like Parcells doing that against the Eagles. I I really can. I I don't. I don't really. That is I, true. But, but yeah. the guy freaking won titles. Yeah. Well, Parcells would do that to rub it in the Eagles' face. Like he would do that and say, "I'm gonna do QB sneaks the entire game, and you're not gonna score against me." Yes. He's that going. I'm gonna do QB two QB sneaks, punt the ball back to you, and let you score before the end of half. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Hey Scott, I got to ask you a question. What do you guys say, Quan Barkley? I mean, I think we got to we got to touch base on him a little bit. I mean, what's your I, thoughts? I'm hearing wild things in camp about how great he is, and I'm believing that part of it. To be honest with you, I really am. I'm believing the fact that this guy played completely hindered. You know, from that. Listen, if you ever had an ACL, listen, I'm not the uh, athlete that Saquon Barkley was, but if you tear an ACL that next year, the mental uh, capacity of trying to get over that hump and knowing that. You could trust the cuts and the jumps and all, and then he had that old line pouring in on, or the uh, the D line always pouring in on him, and, and and that we didn't have a great record. I mean, that guy was basically neutered last year. I think he he's got to be rejuvenated. I'm I'm hearing you know 20, 25 touches. Uh, the guy's been explosive. He's in the passing game. He's I, I listen. I am fired up to see this guy again. Because when we, if you remember, I mean, I was I was one of the guys of the number two pick. I wanted him all day long. I, I remember finally cheering for a you know, draft pick like like a wild man in my living room. I, I'm I'm so stoked to see what he could do running behind Thomas and Neal and and, and that that short up uh, O line. I think you know we think Jones is the key. This guy is unbelievably. If we get the running game going, who knows what we can do. Well, I think you touched upon the first part that I was going to address, and that's the medical part. So traditionally, you look at running backs that have torn their ACL. That first year is a recovery year. They're, you know, they're working back in. And that second year is when they return back to close to form. Eh, some don't make it there. Some do. Um, so that's the first part. And the second part is I think he's now being utilized, at least in camp, the way that he should be. He should be not just a straight runner with a defensive line coming in and on him right away. He should be utilized as a flare route runner, or, you know, run the wheel routes, you know, have him be a multi-dimensional player. And that's something that he just was not in the Garrett scheme. And, and no. look, I, you know, you could go back to the archives. I, I stood behind judge and Garrett and said that he, they had to do what they had to do because of the offensive line. And I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I will say this, what I've seen so far from camp is that we are putting players in space. We are showing a lot of looks, a lot of different looks, you know, like last year, we always had a, we had a fullback on the roster, two fullbacks on the roster, which is madness. 
You know, this year we might we might not carry a single fullback, but we might put running backs and wide receivers together in in, in the backfield at, at one time. And I, and I look at someone like Corderell Patterson, who is getting up there in age, who has been in the league, you know, six, seven years, and he just started blossoming last year in a role where he's a hybrid guy. Saquon could become that guy instead of a between the tackles player, put him in space where his where he can showcase his moves. And, and his abilities. And, and I like what I've seen so far. Um, I, I want at the end of this year to have to make hard decisions on him and Daniel Jones and say, do we keep them or not? Because if we do that, that means we had a damn good year. And those two guys did too. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well, if I could take the words right out of Mike's mouth here, it's the offensive line, right? <laughs> I mean, it all comes down to those are two. I mean, when you look offensively, obviously it's your quarterback, Daniel Jones. But Jones is another one where if if, if I'm in a room, could be with friends or with strangers, and someone says, well, how do you feel about Daniel Jones? I don't know how to answer that question. I almost don't. That's bizarre, right? The guy, this is going, he's, it's his fourth year now, right? Is he going, this is his fourth year? This is year four, yeah. And it's hard to, it's it's unbelievable that, we're we're opinionated fans here, right? And that's I cannot answer that question with you know much confidence either. I'm like I don't know. Usually I just say I don't know. I have not seen Daniel Jones drop back, stand in a pocket. I'm kind of like our, our listeners can't hear me, see me right now, but I just just and just scan the field and like kind of just go through your progressions and you know kind of find every. We don't. It's hard to imagine him even doing that. So until that's. Obviously, the biggest thing our offense needs to improve on offensive line. So we better see improvement. We took the you know, we took measurements to do that, obviously, in the draft. Um, I felt like we did that. Well, maybe we didn't really, you know, last year. But um, that's the biggest key, guys. And we know it's 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 boring to talk about the offensive line. Right. It's it's one of those things. It's it's just in the trenches. You don't see it in the stats book. You don't see it on, you know, fantasy football. But we all know true footballists. It's the, it's the offensive line. So that will determine how well Jones plays, and that will determine what we can do with Saquon Barkley, assuming there's open space in that offensive backfield when he has room to run. So, again, if I look at my wish list preseason right now, it's definitely like, oh, and it's usually not this position, but it's for me, it's like it's O-line, and then it's, you know, it's, it's QB, and it's Barkley. What I fear about Jones and, and, and I'm with you, Chris, I, you know, if someone asks me what I feel about Daniel Jones, I can't give a straight answer because I don't think as giant fans, we really know what we've had in him. But what I do know for this year is that if we have any chance for success, the guy has to stay healthy. And, and, and this, you know, it doesn't matter if you're good or if you're bad, if you're only playing seven games a year and you have to rely on a backup quarterback in the NFL, that's not a good, good recipe for success. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, Mike, did you want to add something? I wanted to, I, wanted, I wanted to mention something about the O-line. I no, want to no, go, pass it go to on. you first. I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get, we're just all over the place, but. I did want to, so I, uh, you know, I was looking at the, the the Giants app. I was looking for my FanFest tickets to fall into my uh, little ticket, you know, folder, and I was all excited. And they had a, like a 20-minute little um, uh, first day of uh, training camp with the, with the pads on. So I, I clicked on the video, and I'm, I'm usually not big on these, but, you know, uh, Sean O'Hara, one of my 
favorite guys. I think he's just a, a down-to-earth, smart guy. Obviously, he did very well for us. So he was there, and I forget who the other reporter was. In any event, he's just they're just basically watching. They're just showing, like, live video of the practice, and they're showing a lot of the – tra- so he's commenting on the O-line and the, obviously, D-line. So what's happening is they're, they're showing – he goes, all right, there's Andrew Thomas going against uh, Thibodeau, and he goes, all right, there's an – he's trying an inside move, blah, blah, blah. And they're showing these things. They're showing bull rushes by Dexter, and they're showing Neil. So as they're going, they're showing, they're going like down the line a little bit and doing these individual uh, drills. And I'm watching it like Neil, like completely like whiffed a couple of times. Like he's like, and I'm like sitting there like in a complete panic watching his videos. And so Harris kind of just like, just kind of, you know, whatever. Just like, oh, there, there's so-and-so. There's like, you know, like I said, Dexter Lawrence going against the uh, Lewinsky. And they're doing this, right? And I'm going, oh my God, I'm like the old line. The old line is just getting destroyed. And he finally then steps in. He goes, hey, just so you know, this is a drill, he goes, where all the O-line has a snap count. There's no chipping. There's no help. There's no, hey, it's a play action. It's, he goes, the D-linemen are pinning their ears back. They're getting off the ball. They're using their moves. And the O-lineman is just like basically getting engulfed or trying to do something. Yeah. And he says, if you can, you know, uh, win 50% of these plays in this type of drill – because you will be fine on Sunday. And I was like, well, it's about 50% of the plays we were doing okay on. So I was watching this, but there was somewhere, holy crap. I mean, you're watching like, you know, uh, Thibodeau and Leonard Williams. I mean, they're just destroying these guys. But like he said, he goes, it's wait till they get to the team stuff and they got, you know, play action. They're going on two and things change. So it was kind of cool to hear him do that because if you just watched this and didn't have any audio, you'd be coming on this podcast going, what the F is Neil doing, Thomas? But it was a drill to kind of just do that, where they just practice their their moves and stuff like that. But so we'll we will see. I think that's a, the O line is uh, key. We talked about it forever, but that was kind of cool. If you guys get a chance to watch that video segment on the uh, the Giants app, was that yeah, actually I, a Cardone saying "what the F" instead of the actual word "fuck"? Yes. Wait, kids are old, man. Scott, what was it? Two hundred and how many? Thirty-eight. One, one, uh, one episode. It was, it was some ungodly number. Mike and I were, were, were you know usually reserved, and and between the two of us, we had probably twenty, which is a, a massive amount for a, for a, a podcast. And this was after after an Eagles loss, so I, I understand yep, it. Yeah. But yep. But but your brother went on a tirade, and it took me. I was counting, and I had to go to my phone to put the number in because I was walking in my neighborhood and I just was like, I'm going to start counting the number of F bombs that are being dropped here. Dude. I did the same thing. When I follow up and listen to that, I go, I go, Jesus, Chris, I'm like, what are we doing? I'm like, I think at one point he actually had a sentence. that was like, fuck any fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> pause and rewind it. How many was it? I was like Steve Martin in uh, planes, trains and automobiles when he was at marathon rent a car. <laughs> Go Google that scene, or go go YouTube that scene. It's brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Greg. By the way, when you were watching that clip, yes. were either of these players wearing a baseball chest protector on top of their heads by any chance? Yes, the Guardian. <laughs> the Guardian. Is that yeah. you? Actually, know the name of this thing? I do because my boys play high school football, and they wear them. They actually played preseason games in those things. They're like they're like eleven bobblehead dolls the floating guard. around the field. Isn't that a major league baseball team that plays in Cleveland? No, those are the Is Indians. That... Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> before we came on, I said to Hesman, I said, well, have you, have, have you seen what's going on at training camp? I couldn't even describe 
what the hell these guys are wearing on their heads. Like, it wasn't the giant clip. I saw it actually with uh, a different team. I don't know what team it was. I was watching training camp highlights. So I go, what is this now? I, go, I, I was calling it the Mark Kelso 2022 <laughs> helmet. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's like wants royalties wait, Mike, wait. on this thing? Mike, it's <laughs> mandatory, right? Yeah, I well, I think so. I don't think we're going into live games with these things, are we? Are we? <laughs> I mean, don't laugh. Don't. It will happen. Hey. It's going to and, happen. Andrew Thomas with wearing a guardian today. He he can really attack these guys. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. They, they look like the helmets from the Tron uh, uh, disc yeah. fight scene, or, or was it the laser bikes or whatever? Uh, yeah, I think it was the Jets like. head. Jets head coach Sala was saying, hey, these are great. I like the safety, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but listen, it, it's kind of a false uh, sense of security. I mean, you're, you're attacking with these with these guardians because, you, you know, nothing's going on. And then you're going to take them off like the first day you hit. And it's going to be like, what the hell is this? You know, that's, like, a, that's actually that, a really good point. Yeah, I think it was uh, Sala. I think it was the first uh, smart thing he said as a jet coach. So. <laughs> Yeah, try that with athletic supporters. Like, you know, wear those things and then just take that off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like wearing an extra, it's like having a double cup in your pants. And then like, just, just remove that. Then all of a sudden you're going to feel a little tentative, aren't you going in there? <laughs> then, like, there's some stat that head injuries actually like tripled after they mandatory, after they mandated helmets in the NFL. I thought I heard something, or I'm sorry, the NHL hockey. Um, but like the head injuries actually doubled or something after they did that because players didn't care about hitting somebody in the head anymore. Well, at least they used yeah. to not do it or try yeah. not to do it. That's right. Like what about rugby? Are they are they checking these rugby guys? Are they are they smashing heads? Are they going off? Are they putting their head off to the side? That's why you run the sneak on second and third down. It's like a rugby test. <laughs> right. That's right. They should have they should have fitted uh, Jones with the guardian before those two plays. <laughs> The Guardian. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't. Know what it, but I, yeah, I, I showed it to it my called. sons. I showed it to my sons' preseason game a few years ago. And we go, what is going on? I'm like, are we in the Gold Guardians or the the Green Guardians? Like, like we're we're wearing a completely different color than our team colors. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny if they do use them. If if something like now they get mandated for like the regular season, I could just see like the little the logo like on the side of these things. Like you're gonna have, you're gonna have to put the team logo like on each one of these yeah. these Guardians now. You it's know, gonna how awesome would that it's be? It's gonna happen. It's going to happen in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the giant players are saying, it goes, you, you feel like there's an extra weight on you. You know, you know, like, it's like, can you imagine like just sponsorship wow. opportunities? Chico's yeah. bail bonds. Chico's <laughs> the great kazoo. Bad news bears. <laughs> the great kazoo. I, I'm glad Kelso. Chris brought up Mark Kelso. Cause I'm wondering if Kelso has like, does he have any of the uh, royalties to this? God, he should be doing a commercial, right? He gets yeah. on. You, you ever have, have head, head injuries? Try the Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he would put his Guardian on top of the pad he had on his helmet or if he would replace it with a <laughs> triple pad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even with my giant Great Kazoo helmet, I prefer the Guardian. Wait, did, didn't the Oreo cookie do that? They came out with double stuff and oh, they said, them. no, no, no. They went with like a triple stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Went, <laughs> all gas. Okay. Basically, break. basically, it was a, it was the same. It was a, it was a room temperature like uh, ice cream sandwich at that point. Like the filling was, like, <laughs> the filling was like five times the size of the the the, the cookie part. Oh, that's so funny. Triple Chris. stuff. Triple. They did have a triple stuff. Right. They, they so finally some of them. All right. Everyone, calm down. Calm down, everyone. Yeah. We're not going. We're going back to the. 
double stuff. I think I don't even know if double stuff's around anymore. Double but, stuff's uh, still there. Double stuff in, in my closet right now. There you go. But they also okay. have like half stuff, right? For yeah. Oh yeah, the the extra thin. Yeah. For pussy. They did yeah. have a thin Scott. They had like a thin mint, or, or they had a, they yeah. did an Oreo thin mint or something. Yeah. yeah. So you're basically just eating the chalky chocolate <laughs> shit that's like gumming up your mouth rather than yeah. having and a, Scott here's the problem with the thin one you're you're definitely grabbing about like you're grabbing about a, a dozen at least because you're like oh they're thin and meanwhile oh, yeah. you're slobbering down those yeah like poker chips you get you've got uh, like <laughs> 12 like or 15 wafers. in your like, hand yeah watching the giants like, like, <laughs> <laughs> who decided that like remember like when we were kids and you trick-or-treated and like the small, you always get, you know, most of the time you got the small candy bar and they dubbed it fun size. You know, yeah. like, what's, what do you mean fun? fun. Like, I, I, give me this the same, give me the jumbo. Give me the, give me the full size, damn it. You know, it's fun to snicker fun size. the size of my arm. That's fun. <laughs> exactly. That's fun. <laughs> Eating a Butterfinger the size of a Louisville Slugger. That's what I want, you know? I don't... <laughs> do you guys remember having to x-ray your candy when you were younger though like to make sure there weren't razor blades yes <laughs> yes hey, I think I'm hey, too someone lazy, gave me Scott. an yeah. apple you have, to, you have to check the apple skin to make sure there's no perforations on it oh you check the apple the apple went right back into the freaking house right at the goddamn front door yeah that apple got smashed on the guy's driveway if not the yeah. car or the side of the house yeah. the apple wasn't yeah. making it past one mailbox you I was I was too apple. lazy to X-ray it, Scott. I used to just like you, know, you split it open, you know. You, what was it? Because I, I remember hearing about this. We never did it because my parents didn't give a shit. But like, like you could go to the hospital and have your candy bag X-rayed. Was that how that? Yeah, worked? it was just yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you eat radiation instead of a razor blade. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chris, remember giving Dad all the Mary Janes? Like, who? The, what kid wants a Mary Jane? I know. I, Dad used to slobber those down. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. Yeah, he liked. He, it was great. He loved. He loved the candies. All the ones that we didn't like. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I didn't have any problem giving him those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mom probably withheld it from him. the guys. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, candy, candy. <laughs> hey, Dad, you want another Charleston chew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dad, you want a chuckles? <laughs> the chuckles. <laughs> chuckles. <laughs> My, Dad, the one the I couldn't stand is getting the mallow dots. cups. Oh, mallow cup. I marshmallow. Mallow like, cup. Wah, wah. like a warm marshmallow. Like, oh. <laughs> All right, boys. So so our three preseason games, fortunately, are, are in the all in the AFC. We got the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Jets. Do you think oh, we're going to get anything out of these three games? I have a feeling if form holds, we're not going to see any of the starters against the Patriots. Maybe some sprinkling in on the Bengals and Jets, but overall, with three games, it, it's still we're still. I think each team's trying to navigate what the best best path is to keep yeah. people healthy. They've already come out and said Tom Brady's not playing at all in the first Tampa Bay game. Yeah, well, yeah he just turned forty five, by the way. It's uh, you know, it's, that. this is the one year I might not mind having an extra preseason game, you know, not the one year, but any year you got a whole new regime coming in, you know, it's so like kind of think maybe one more just to get some of the, the sloppiness out of the way. Uh, so, you know, understand play calls, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, everyone has to deal with three. There's plenty of teams and first year coaches. Um, I know I have no reason to do this, but I, I kind of trust this professional coaching staff that we have at the moment. So, 
Um, we'll see what we got, but yeah, I don't think we'll see much in terms of figuring out who's going to be good and you know, who's not, I'm really interested in seeing the guy we have penciled in right now, a tight end. Yes. Daniel Bellinger. Mm. Yeah. Have we gotten too soft by the way of practices with all this, you know, cutting back on the number that we can do instead of doing two a days, three a days, things we used to do in the past. Is this, is this overly cautious? Is this something that's, I, I don't think it's good for the game because I think it takes till week four or week five before you start seeing teams actually come together. We just yeah. talked about wearing chest protectors on our heads. And we're, talking, <laughs> we're, we're worried now about whether we're getting too soft. Of course we are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it seems like it doesn't matter if you put the, the Guardians on, you go half speed, you're going, you're thudding. Guys are ripping ACLs, breaking collarbones. I mean, the game is a, is a violent game. And you can, you know, not play guys or do what you want, but it is difficult. I mean, when I see the highlights on, uh, you know, at you know, 11 o'clock news, they show some giant camp stuff or you go to the app. You're just like, you're looking around going, okay, you know, who did we lose? Okay, we didn't lose anybody today. It, it's really crazy. I mean, I, 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 listen, we talked about Belton. Uh, Ojolari, right, has a hamstring. That should be okay, but that could be weeks. Um, obviously, Shepard, you know, we're, we're down with Shepard. Um, you know, the injury – who else – Blake Martinez, I think they're going slow with as well. He did other come back. He practiced I, today, at least. Okay, good. So other than that, I mean, knock on wood. I mean, I mean, uh, listen, those three games, it's just about getting through, being healthy, you know, kind of getting momentum, getting everyone excited on the same page. I mean, I don't know, Scott. I mean, listen, if they did two games, I'd be fine as well, you know? It's weird. You know, in the past, week one is always, you never know what to expect except um, – you know, from the, the teams that are really good, you know, that, you know, like with the, but with the Giants are not one of those. So it's, you don't know what to expect. This is another weird year. Last year, we had an AFC opponent week one. This this year we have at Tennessee, which I think we play once a decade, you know, that, at that stadium. So three season. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it used to have, be somewhat telling, you know, having that extra game. And there's and you're not going to find someone who dislikes, you know, preseason football more than than me, you know, because I, I just can't stand it. It's, it's the most unwatchable thing that I love, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I love the NFL season, the start of the whole thing. But then as soon as, like, they, it, it, they give you this preseason, and it's like, oh, my God, you don't even know what to do with it. It's so awful to watch. But to Greg's point, I think all of our points, you just, it, it's so bad now. You just, and this is no way to watch sports, but it's like you just pray, don't lose anybody. Like, just you just want to get through those games without being injured. I don't care if they win or lose those games. You yeah. don't care what the scores are. It doesn't matter. It's a weird, it's such a weird dynamic to preseason. Yeah. It's re- and then, so you get to week one and you don't know, especially with this giant team, you know, as you know, with all these new faces, no idea what to expect. That's why it's so weird. So when we're thinking, we're, we're trying to predict where the giant season's going to go, you know, and, and, and every, everybody's doing that right now. Right. I mean, every fan base, every meet, every, you know, uh, beat writer, they're all doing the same thing right now. We talk about this every year on our, on our podcast. We're like, you know, there's three guys out there in the Lions. There's probably three angry Lion fans. They say like, "Yeah, I think we're having a good year. Like we got we got the Giants in week. Uh, that's a winnable game, you know." And it's, it's so like, <laughs> like we so, think there's more yeah. than three. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the angry Lion fan. <laughs> the angry Lion fan. You know, he's looking at the schedule like, "Well, we're at you know at the, well we're at Met Death on that. They don't win there, so we can win that's that a, game." That's uh, you a know, W. Right. That's a win. <laughs> So they're doing, you know, and I, I've probably repeated myself from last year, but I think we've done, you know, but that's, it's the same thing. Who the fuck? We don't know. What we, don't, we don't, we don't know. We don't know what we got. So who, 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 who is the Super Bowl champion? 
right? Yeah, Los Angeles Rams. Preseason, Scott. You want to say something about preseason? Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't about preseason. So go ahead, go ahead with what you're saying, and then I'll. Pick I don't it know. Up. I have no idea. Super Bowl. I haven't really. I really haven't given it much thought on the, on the Super Bowl. But you know what? Before I even say that, aren't there? What's the what's the stat? Five teams, six teams. Like it's every year, five teams make the playoffs that didn't make the playoffs yeah. the previous year. It's like a running year that's going on. I mean, that's that to me is almost more exciting to pick because that, that's us. <laughs> possibly than picking the Super Bowl champion. I mean, it's going to be the same, uh, the same uh, teams that everyone's going to pick. Uh, but who are those teams that are going to that didn't make the playoffs? Are going to are they going to sneak in? I mean, that's where we have to fall into. That's that's got to be uh, our goal, obviously, and, right? So, and yeah. it's really tough too because you know you have teams like Tampa Bay, and the way the way things have shaken out for Tampa Bay so far, you know, I could see with them losing their starting center Ryan Jensen yes. before anything's even happened. You know, this might be the year Tom Brady looks like a human being and, and they could be, you know, in third place in that division or something like that, you know, or he retires mid season after an injury, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And and everyone is penciling in the bills and the, and the chiefs because of that game that they played last year as being the, the Super Bowl favorites. No one's talking about the Bengals. The Bengals probably got better. Also, they probably lucked into getting to where they did last year, but still, you know, and, and, and meanwhile, you got a team like San Diego with Justin Herbert getting talked about as if they've, you know, are back to back playoff people and they've never made the playoffs under under Justin Herbert. But, you know, these are the kind of things that are media driven and, and, and they don't really shake out until you start to see what, what's happening. You know, and that's that's why, you know, I get pissed off every time I hear people talk glowingly about. Justin Fields, you know, we, 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 we've gone over this on the pod, but, but it's not just us, Justin Fields. Think about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a guy who was just given a shit ton of money. And yet the team that he signed with had to put a clause into his contract that he had to at least study the playbook five hours a week. Uh-huh. Eli Manning would have cranked that out on the first night from seven to 11 and gone to bed. You know, it's like, can you imagine I, if I'm a fan of that team and I realize they have to put that in the playbook? Uh, are in the contract. I'm like, oh my, what a, what do we just do? You don't give this Brutal. guy that much money. Oh my god. Hey, By the way, know. Kyler, was, have you ever seen a more terrified quarterback to start a playoff game than Kyler Murray last year? <laughs> I mean, hey, it, well, it's not of, that fresh in my memory, but I was, I mean, I just remember him being just looking terrified. There's actually a lot of people who have made parallels to Eli Manning's first playoff game to Kyler Murray, and I, I disagree with that. Kyler Murray made a couple of throws on his own accord that no quarterback should make in a playoff situation. Well, Eli Manning was just had jailbreaks on him. If people remember Eli Manning's first playoff game, I mean, we basically were outmanned, outgunned. And they have like he, sacks on like six of the first nine snaps or something. <laughs> yeah. That game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we know how Eli turned out. I don't, I don't know about, about Kyler Murray, but before we get into you know, some wrapping up here and doing pet peeves. What are your guys' thoughts on Deshaun Watson? I'll, I'll start. I'll start with Greg. Oh boy, I tell you, uh, Chris talks about preseason games not being something that you're interested in. I have. I love the game of football. Love it to death. The the off the field stuff, from whether it's contracts to you know beating your wife to you know raping these these girls in in, in the massage room. Oh, I think we lost Greg. Really hard to follow. Oh, there it is. Oh, I'm back. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, you're there. You're there. Oh, here we go. I got yes. You. So I, that off the field stuff, Scott, I, I tell you, 
I, I have I have trouble really getting into it and following it like uh, soup to nuts. I mean, from what I could tell, I mean, he should have been at least half a year, if not a year. There's got to be something. But they went by the six-game suspension that the um, uh, the agreement had, right, any type of thing. They actually had something on, I guess it might have been ESPN, of all the guys, like, you know, you know, uh, battery and all these types of different, you know, domestic disputes. And it's six games and it's six games. How about the fact that they're going to uh, appeal it, right? Because that's what they have to do. It's yeah. not like they, they, they don't think the guy's probably innocent. They have to find rule, if you will, of the players union. Listen, you break down the guy's talent. I mean, we would love to have him on the Giants. And it's one of those things like anything that happens in sports, right? Once he starts playing, it's going to be forgotten. It's going to be about what he does and, and how. You want to just pick keep, it up, Chris? Just gotta, keep saying, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Where we think Greg lost. <laughs> yeah. Lost him. Yeah. No, I mean, to his, to, to Greg's point, um, I haven't followed the story that closely, but it, you know, I, it's, I don't get too involved in that either, Scott. I honestly don't with the off the field stuff. Um, I think the guy, you know, should serve his six games. Right. I mean, there's certainly the, uh, the, the policy of the league. I mean, and, and Greg mentioned that, you know, they, they, the NFL is appealing it. Of course, it's like, they just have to do that. Obviously they're not just going to take, um, you know, the decision and, and just kind of lay down with it. But um, so he'll, he'll be back, you know, he'll probably, I, I don't think the appeal will go anywhere. He'll probably end up serving, you know, six games. And then, um, you know, as far as football is all about what, what you can, if, if you, you're trying to win, right. That's it. So, um, that that's, you know, so once he comes back, if he's able to win games for, for the Cleveland Browns and that's all they're going to be interested in. So if he, as long as he you know stays clean and, and isn't, you know, finding himself in trouble off the field, then it's not, we we've seen a lot of NFL players have been in a lot of, you know, a lot of hot water. Right. Um, so he's no different than anyone else in the past. So it's just because social media covers all this stuff, you know, around the clock that you hear about it so much. So you're going to have probably people protesting and whatever, you know, outside of stadiums, that kind of thing. Who knows? Um, but other than, you know, other than, than that stuff, uh, it's all about once he comes back, it's just about football and what he can do for the for the Brown organization. And he's, that's it. So it's all about in this league at this level. It's what can you do for me? And can you win football games? That's it. That's why he's on. That's why they signed him. Mike. Yeah, the, the the Sean Watson thing can kind of dovetail into a into a pet peeve that I have. So um, it's, you know, I, I'm not I'm not really going to talk much about what he did or what he didn't do. I don't know. I'm with Cardone. I, I didn't follow any of that. I, I don't know how strong the evidence is. I don't, I don't know how weak it is. I don't know how many accusations there are now. I don't know any of that. But I do know this. No matter what Deshaun Watson has done, if he wins a playoff game, the media will be beating each other back to fawn over this guy. And to, you know, talk about the redemption story because, you know, you know, whatever, a 25 time rapist can win a playoff game. And that erases the rapist part of your life, apparently <laughs> in the NFL. So, uh, but I'll, I'll leave that all there. I, I have two other short takes on, on Deshaun Watson and the Texans and the Browns. First of all, as an organization, Browns, I, they, they did Baker wrong. Listen, Baker. He's not going to light the world on fire. I don't think he's a little arrogant. I don't like him all that much, but Cleveland was the laughing stock of the NFL. Until Baker got there, Cleveland was below the Giants. (laughs) Baker, since Baker's been there, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they've they've been relevant. Now that he hasn't been able to get them all the way there. And is that 
more his fault or the rest of the roster. I, I don't really know. I don't follow the Browns. But to have someone take you from completely irrelevant, barely in the league, to yearly a team that people are picking to do some damage and, and hanging around the playoff picture all year and all that, um, you know, for, for some organizations, I get it. There's just no loyalty out of Cleveland, and maybe that's why they're Cleveland. And, you know, I I know about Deshaun Watson. I'll be rooting against him. <laughs> I know I know that. And it, a lot of it isn't really his fault why I'm rooting against him, uh, except for the obvious reasons. But um, it's more about I don't want I don't want this to work out for Cleveland. This just just seems like dirty to me. Dirty pool. Uh, the other thing real quick on Deshaun Watson is, man, you know, he's jaw dropping talent. He's awful. What did that get him in Houston? Was the rest of Houston that bad? I know they were the last year he played. They were terrible. But before that. Did did all that talent translate into wins with a better roster? I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it. So, um, you know, there's winning and there's, uh, you know, making it on ESPN. My gut tells me Deshaun Watson's more of an ESPN guy than a winner. Yeah. I, I will say this. There's a lot, lot being made about the suspension and, and the, the length of it and, and what people have to realize, and I'm not sure everyone does, is that this was done by, an independent judge who was a female, by the way, not by the NFL itself. So this was not an NFL handed down, down punishment. Um, and what I think has people mad is that, you know, Tom Brady got four games for deflating footballs and Deshaun Watson has six games for raping or sexual assault with 26 women, allegedly, you know, 25, whatever it is. Um, Kelvin Ridley, has to serve an entire year suspension for putting a $150 bet on his team to win when he wasn't even playing. And Deshaun Watson has six games. And, and I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. Now the NFL made their own bed here. The NFL has been so inconsistent in the punishments that they've handed out that they have basically opened themselves up to it. What I don't understand is how a female judge takes a look at Deshaun Watson's case and says, well, he's done egregious things here, but he's a nonviolent offender. When, by definition, sexual assault is some sort of violence there, whether, you know, it's, it's the, the new world version of violence versus the old world version of violence. I'm not, yeah. not going to get into that. Um, so, I, you know, I'm with you guys. I, I care less mainly because the Browns are in the AFC. Now, we're Deshaun Watson on the Eagles right now. I'd have a big problem with him only sitting out six games. Because the yeah. NFL would probably schedule the Giants in week seven. No, of course they would. <laughs> and and here's the funny thing. And they front load now, the two Dallas games to be in the first the first six games of the season. Here's the conspiracy that that's going on around around the league. The Browns weeks one through six have the easiest schedule in the NFL. So was that uh, you know was that uh, intentional or not? I don't know. By the way, Chris, you're muted. Ah, there you go. There we go. There you go. Sorry about that. So yeah, Browns have the easiest schedule week one through six in the NFL. One through six. Yeah, you made actually you made a great point, Scott. If they um, if Deshaun, I didn't think about it that way. Like if if Deshaun Watson was on a division opponent, a division rival, I'd have a much more emotional response to 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 the question, I guess, in terms of yeah. what I think he uh, you know, how many games he should sit out, but um, uh, yeah. Yeah, the fact that he's in the AFC, but you're right. I, um, you know, when you bring it up in that context of like, you know, as far as does the 
you know, does the penalty fit the crime? I mean, probably, probably not when, like you said, when you compare it to guys like who are, who are, you know, gambling, right. Is that, uh, you know, that is, as, as big a, uh, an offense compared to what Deshaun Watson is, uh, you know, being, Depends being charged if you with. screwed with the DraftKings well, or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, or if you won or lost your gambling bet, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So. Oh, you guys got any, uh, pet peeves this week? I know Mike said something dovetailed into a pet peeve, so I'll start. No, with no, him. yeah, no, that was uh, that was just my dovetailing of you know how someone could do the most horrible things in the world, and then they they win a playoff game or whatever, and they're the NFL and the uh, sports media declares them exonerated. Full comeback for mm-hmm. Ray Lewis, who might have killed someone, but <laughs> but but hey, Allegedly. they won a super they won a Super Bowl. So are you talking about the Reverend Ray Lewis? Yes, of course I am. <laughs> And, you know, and it's just this one is so teed up. If Deshaun Watson has a great year and they win some playoff games, this will all be forgotten. And you alluded to it. There's a thousand other examples. And and so, yeah, that's all I meant by dovetail in. And, and that's really all I got. I don't have much more. I, I would add, though, that um, if the if the girls in question were wearing a guardian, is that still a violent offense? That's my only. <laughs> Scott, it's, it's second Cardone here. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, we can oh. hear you, Greg. You came back oh from the God. abyss. We had to cover for you. There was there was 45 seconds of dead air. I mean, are you kidding me? This is 2022. What do I got? Dial-up service? <laughs> Did I hear like your we're... modem going? <laughs> <laughs> bing, bing. You know, what, <laughs> you know what kept happening? I kept I, I, I was getting kicked out for some reason. And then as I was trying to get back into the link on this Microsoft Teams meeting, it was going through my work Microsoft Teams meeting. Like it was trying to connect me through the work side of things. I could not get in on the personal side. So I apologize, but I'm back. I can, I can hear you guys, but I can't see you, but it's all good. Greg, I, I, just, it. I just figured like your parents picked up the phone while you were trying to get on the uh, internet. Mom, I'm on the internet! <laughs> I, oh I thought God. it was actually, what I thought it was our technical F-bomb. director. We actually do have a technical director who's behind the scenes and they, they just pulled Greg's plug said enough of this guy. He's, he's not adding <laughs> shit to the show. Get out of here. So we had enough of this guy. So, yep, so Greg, I, we're I, going I, through I, our I, pet peeves right now. Uh, do you have any pet peeves other than your technical finesse? Yeah, well, that's that too. So, um, okay, can I, oh, I guess I can't hear what you got. Was it more, um, uh, football or sports related or just in general pet peeve? Any pet peeve you want to talk about. We, 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 we pull no punches with pet peeves. Yeah, no. So I love pet peeve segment. And it's funny. I didn't think about it until as we were on the, the show tonight. And it's funny. So um, the other day, uh, you know, you, my, my wife always has these morning shows on, and I just can't stand them. They're, all, they're always such in great moods. They're all laughing, having a good time. And these segments, they come on, and they're just doing different things. That's not even my pet peeve. But they had something about, like, going to the beach and, like, what to do as you travel to the beach. And it was just like, and, and, and to be a good, you know, uh, a good beach goer. And it was like, number one, don't play your music loud. Number two, you know, uh, don't sit on top of your, you know, uh, beach goers and blah, blah, blah. So I saw this and go, well, who doesn't know these things? I mean, this is, this is so ridiculous, you know, but sure enough, Sunday at Belmar beach in New Jersey, always crowded on a Sunday. We go there and, you know, we always try to find our spot. We find our spot. And I see this one gentleman, he's there by himself, but sure enough, here comes like a family of like five. And what do they do guys? 
they, they lay out like one little towel and they're all like jamming under the towel, jamming under their like little tent. And they're like literally feet away from the, the, the guy that was there by himself. And even us, and I'm, my wife was like reading the book. I'm looking to go, look at this nonsense. I'm like, look at this shit. And they're there. And now what happens? It's like, you know, loud music. They're, they're doing whatever. They're, you know, they're kicking up the sand. I'm like, this is insane. But it happens all over. You look around and you go, the beach is wide open. And, and for some reason, we gravitate towards each other. We want to be on top of each other. I wish I took a picture of it. I, I couldn't do it because they were like sort of facing us. This poor guy. So he was like, literally, they had to be like a foot or two away. I'm surprised they weren't hitting his chair. He finally, I had no idea, guys, if he wanted to leave or not. He gets up, he packs up in one minute, and he just walks off the beach. I go, well, they just drove this guy off the beach. What happens? A minute later, they pack up and like move like a whole avenue down to the other side of the beach. I go, was that their plan? Like, what the hell was that? It was like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, we've all seen people, you know, stand on top of each other or sit on top of each other. They drove the guy out and then moved. I guess they were, that was their plan to just keep driving people away from the beach. But <laughs> so, in a nutshell, my pet peeve is, is that those beachgoers that they completely talked about on, on TV. And, and now I know why they do it because they're still out there. They're still sitting on top of each other. And it just drives me absolute box. I want to be nowhere near anybody. These people want to be on top of you. Nuts. Well, you know what I was just thinking, Greg, as you're telling that story, like I was thinking of the the sports equivalent analogy when you, you know, like when you have a completely empty stadium, maybe it's a minor league baseball game or something like that. And like, you got a whole section of seats and you're sitting there with whom, you know, your group, whatever. And you got empty seats all over the place. No one's checking where you're sitting in this situation or scenario. And you got some jabronis that come and sit right next to you. Like now maybe that's the actual seats they have, but like, why are you sitting on top of me when there's 45 empty seats around me? No, roll back. That's another one. Up. It's the same thing. Where are you going? Just go. Just We're, sit somewhere else. Sit somewhere else. What are you doing? Empty it's seats all over social, the place. It's just a social awareness of everything. It's just really, I mean, it's just wild. I, I was just, I mean, come on. I was just online at, at a uh, uh, food place just waiting to order a sandwich. Guy was done. I'm ready to walk up. And this woman like swoops in and she was ready to you know, just go up to the register and and order ahead of me. I go, uh, excuse me. She goes, oh, you're online. I'm like, no, I'm just standing. I mean, it's no, wild. Standing I mean, here at the deli. Society's nuts. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, society's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just a, just a quick aside here. Doesn't Greg sound right now like like this is a you know a sports talk show and that on the phone Greg Cardone and it's got like a still photo of him. <laughs> yeah. Greg from New York. <laughs> Greg from Belmar. <laughs> the still on the photo. On the phone, Greg Cardone. <laughs> like his high school picture up there. That <laughs> Sal from Yonkers calling in. What a disaster. I mean, I am never being invited back. This is just a shit show. God damn. You're pulling an Ingram. You're, you're kicking yourself off the team. Yeah. Ingram. My God, we played him this year. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> Chris, any pet peeves? You know, I, I, I honestly really don't have one this early in the season yet, Scott, to be honest. I was a little, the only thing this is going to sound like a silly one, but um, it's about our own team. I think I've mentioned this before in, in seasons past, but the all these teams that bring back their classic uniforms, it's and these are teams that are just like shitty teams that bring back their old, you know, the, the, the old unis. And 
we've we've seen the Giants color rush with the all white. My pet peeve with the Giants has always been where are the blue home jerseys from the 80s and 90s? And I am thrilled and happy to report that I saw the Giants are bringing back their classic blue unis that we won Super Bowl 21 and 25 in. They're they're trotting them out for two home games this year against the Commanders and against the uh, the Justin Field led uh, Bears. You, you so know we're, what we're the gonna best. I saw the best reaction to those those uniforms by Bills fans, younger Bills fans, who are saying uh, the Giants are ripping us off. And I felt uh, like saying, go take a look at the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all you need to see. If you haven't seen that game, you should definitely go watch it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so not really a pet peeve, it was just more of an irk scout where like I, I've um, been asking, like, why? have the giants not pulled out their blue jerseys. Finally, we get to see them in 2022. I'm so sick of seeing that the white on white with the, not even the giant, the, 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 the helmet, the color of the helmet wasn't even correct. They're bringing right. back the dark Navy blue helmet with the, uh, the giants, um, classic blue jersey. Can't wait to no. see those. I, single, I can't wait to single see those red either. stripe down the middle. The, the single yep. red stripe. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yep. Yeah. Love those. Yeah. I want the red uniforms, but I think we went like, Oh, six. So they just threw those into the trash. I yeah. love the red ones. So did I. So, yeah. so my pet peeve is, is it's really just the schizophrenia fans go through during this, this time of the year. You know I mean? It's like we look at each practice and we try to micromanage each practice. And I think the proliferation of social media is what has exploded this. You know, you have guys that are coming on, they're showing like one play from a practice and making a sweeping observation on how someone played. And it starts to take traction. If this guy's got a hundred thousand followers and he's like, you know what? Galladay played like shit today. All of a sudden, how a hundred thousand people are like, you know what? Galladay played like shit today. Even if they never saw a single ounce of footage from this game or practice yep. or whatever it is. Yep. And, and, and here's the, the problem I have with the content creators right now, now look, we're a podcast. We we're giving our opinions on things. We can't state definitively what's going on, but there are some content creators out there who can take a look at a play and they're only following one player at a time on each play. So let's say on, on a particular play they're watching, they're watching some interior lineman go and he gets beat. Oh, Neil looks like crap. He just got beat on this play. Meanwhile, on that play, what they're not seeing is that, you know, Wandell Robinson scored a touchdown or something like that. They, they're only focusing on that individual matchup. How the heck can they make up for the things they missed? They're not watching like an inside linebacker making a move. They're not watching what a safety's doing. They're not watching what a cornerback's doing. And these type of things start to mushroom. And you get one guy saying something bad, and next thing you know, the whole fan base starts starts revolting. And and a good case in point was, I think it was Monday of this week, Daniel Jones had a pretty bad practice in terms of what the beats were saying and, and what the, the camp reports are coming out. And then the last two days, he's had really good practices. So it's like Monday, people are like, holy shit, we're done. Jones sucks. We got to have to have Tyrod Taylor in there. And then the last two days, they're like, well, maybe he's doing okay. You know, and, and you just get this day-by-day day reaction. I don't know if you guys remember, maybe it's just because, you know, we, we've had John Madden pass last year. We've had Vince Scully pass in the last day. You know, iconic announcers. But when we were young, we waited until the preseason game was on. And you had to wait till midnight to watch the game sometimes because that's when they aired it. And, you know, sometimes you'd have to wait till 
10 o'clock on a Sunday morning the next day to watch that replay. That was the only kind of, of report you saw because the print media didn't get around to reporting on, on camp until three, four or five days later. And now that, that hypersensitivity to each of these, uh, these practices, it's, it's, it's madness. Yeah, I, I think I saw the thing you're talking about, uh, Scott, and it was, you know, the, the guy even said, I it's like after two practices, uh, the guy said, I know it's early, but if Jones starts the season bad, we got to go to Tyra Taylor immediately before this gets uh, out of hand. He is awful. Geez. And it's like, are you shitting me that someone writes that after two practices? And it probably was Pat fucking Leonard, who was about I as think, useless I, of, a, of a New York Giant <laughs> beat as anyone. I think it actually was Pat Leonard. Yeah. Mm. Brutal, brutal. Not good. All I, right. I got. I got. I came up with a quick pet peeve while I was talking. So my pet peeve tonight is uh, the Cardone brothers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Just us why. being around, like. Yeah. No. No. Here, I, I got an example for both of you. Why you guys are my pet peeve tonight? So Chris tried to bury this. He tried to bury the lead a little bit earlier. Chris mentioned that he he attends cocktail parties. So that pissed <laughs> that pissed me off. He tried to bury it. He tried to act like he, he no, I, I don't pop cocktail. I didn't see, I didn't say that. Yeah, he, he did. So I can't wait. So maybe Chris, uh, what we'll do is for, when we, when we all watch the, uh, the London game over here together, I will send up the invitation as the, the giants London game cocktail, uh, breakfast. Party. Can I, can I bring the old fashioned hour? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can I bring oh, the uh, the we'll Harvey little, wall bangers? Yeah. We'll get a little cart. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll have a cocktail <laughs> nice. party. It'll be nice. And then the, uh, my my Greg pet peeve is I don't know if anyone else caught this. I almost stopped the podcast immediately. Greg mentioned earlier that he's not quite as athletic as Saquon Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> very humble. Very humble. I, I kind of did a, sl- a small nod like, well, yeah, like, you know, probably not. <laughs> I uh, love you guys. I'm just. Should we just have Barkley's quad kick his ass? <laughs> that is, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, so we entered this podcast with what we thought was little content, and we've now gone like an hour and a half. So, um, the longest one we've ever had. It's so, yeah. so one of the longest ones we've ever had. This might be. This might break. You know what the listening limit is for the people in Germany because they're probably putting this through Google translate for us. <laughs> oh, just wow. kidding. I am just kidding. I just lost, I just lost the German audience, but uh, <laughs> we are the three angry giant fans. This has been your host, Scott giant, Mike and Cardone. We also have special guest, Greg Cardone hit us up. This you, year. Please use our Twitter. Go to at angry underscore three. Send us some questions. We want to answer questions on the air. We had some great ones last year. We we thrive on questions. Um, but please send those in and uh, you know, let's let's get things rolling in season three. Like like Chris had said earlier, season three is when uh shows start hitting their stride. And, and I feel like we're gonna hit a stride this year because we're gonna be Chris, wait for this. We're gonna be 10 and 6 this year. Oh, yes. oh, can we be 10 and 6? Can we be 10 and 6? He just did it. He no, we can't. 16 games. No, that's a, that was a trick question. Don't answer that. <laughs> We're too smart for that shenanigans that you tried to trot out there. Yep. <laughs> can't be 10 and 6. So, no, they won't be 10 and 6. That's for damn sure. So. 7 and 10, boys. 
So we'll be back next week, breaking down camp as much as we can. We'll probably be talking about a preview of the of the Patriots game and talking about the going down. So uh, I want to thank Greg for showing up and then disappearing and then showing up again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you guys and uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys. I look forward to it every every week and so do our friends up here in New Jersey. So uh, let's have a great year with the three angry drive fans and let's have a great year for our, our big blue. So let's go. Awesome. Let's go right get on. it. We'll see you guys later. See ya.